Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Come on, side, side, side. Listen up, y'all. Whether you're going to hit the beach in Jamaica like me, or you just running outside to try to stay in shape because you are tired of being in the house, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears makes all the difference. You get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great, and they feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. Raycons are built to go wherever you go with a quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. You need to have your Raycons. Listen, that 24-hour battery life saved me. I'm flying all over the place. I was on a flight the other day. I had them Raycons in, and I did not hear little Charlie behind me making all that noise. And when I'm working out, I always got them on. It's a must-have for your daily grind. If you're going back into the office and you got to take the bus or you got to take the train, you need to have these earbuds in your ears. These Raycons are everything. Take it from me. I ain't telling y'all no lie. Listen up. Raycons are offering 15% off all their products for my listeners, and here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash edlover. Buyraycon.com slash edlover. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, and it's such a good deal, you want to grab yourself a second pair. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash edlover. That's buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash edlover. Buyraycon.com slash edlover. Get your Raycon earbuds. I swear by mine. Come on, side, side. What's good, y'all? Edlover is in the building as normal. Um, I told y'all dealing with this whole uh, DMX flowers thing that I've been doing. I definitely got to have uh, my man involved here. My man, DJ Nonstop, part of the BMX 4104.3 Jam. So we're going to talk to him as soon as he jumps on. We're going to talk to, oh, there we go. Right there, bingo. Let's talk to DJ Nonstop. Nonstop, what's up, brother? What's up, brother? What's up? How you doing, brother? I'm good, nonstop. How you doing, bro? I'm good. Hold on one second. I'm trying to get the volume right here. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, cool. So I'm doing this this entire podcast. I, I'm doing a series of podcasts, and it's called Flowers. Oh, okay. So, and I wanted, and uh, the first one I did was on Russell Simmons, and and people loved it. It was one of my highest listened to podcasts since I've been podcasting. And now I want to do one on DMX. And uh, you were really tight with DMX. But before we go into you telling me all about DMX and 
your thoughts on X and how you got hooked up with X. How did you start? How did how did DJ Nonstop start as a DJ? Uh, 1983, I was 13. I was tagging in Logan wow. Square in the neighborhood I grew up in. I started tagging with one of my best friends and we used to b-boy. And uh, I was listening. We used to listen to the radio and listen to the DJs. And one day we were, you know, we were getting, getting ready to, to bust a move and the DJ switched the song right before the break we wanted to hear. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna become a DJ. I'm gonna play the music for us so that I could do it the way we want to. And that's pretty much how it started for me. So my mother bought some turntables from a friend of hers. There were two different turntables and I started practicing. And uh, it was like 14 when I started DJing. And then by, by 15, I did my first house party and then it just- What were the, um, what mixer did you have? Did you have the knobs or was it no, I had a fader. I had a fader. It was a, fader. it was a Radio Shack mixer, though. I don't remember the brand. It was Radio Shack for sure, though. Something Radio different. Shack had mixers back in the Yeah, they had a little the like, like a little box. I mean, it was probably mad small if I see it now, but it was a. It just had a cross fader and, and volumes, and you know that was the only way I knew how to right cross over. So, so who were you? Who were your? Who were you emulating? Who were the DJs that you looked up to? The Hot Mix Five in Chicago. They were the DJs on the radio. They were the ones we all listened to. You know, we used to go to, uh, you know, like International Cut Week when we was like all going to the lake, riding on our bikes. That's who we would listen to. They'd have like lunch mixes and shit. They were right. the biggest DJs in the city. And at the time, house music was, you know, fresh. So that's how I started mixing. I started playing house. You started playing house before anything yeah, yeah, else. You, you couldn't get a party if you didn't play house. Really? So I thought you was a b-boy, so hip-hop wasn't... Yeah, I mean, it was part of my culture for my shit, but to mm. get in the club scene or to be able to cross over and get on flyers, I had to play the most popular music, and it was house. And I enjoyed house, too. It wasn't right. something I didn't like. It was just another part of music that I was into, you know? Wait, were, were you a part of that? I love house music, too. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> were you a part of that whole hip-hop? Hip house movement with KYs and Stomp. Yes, that's the idea. Fast Eddie and all them. Yeah, and I was around for it. And uh, with Latifah, with the um, uh, coming to my house. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The and hip house he, was was happening. Uh, right, the guy, that, the guy that mixed that that coming to my house, Julian Jumper Perez, the one that's yeah. on our stage. Yeah, he, he was my he was my idol at the okay. time. When I was practicing back when I was younger, I used to say, you know, I'd be on the mic in my bedroom. I'm Julian Jumper Perez. And I'd be like, and he'd be like <laughs> he's the one who put me on the radio, you know, 2003 years later, you know. Okay. So then you become part of the uh, BMX4? Uh, yeah, I've been on the BMX4 since inception. Um, okay. But uh, you, I met you when I was in K7. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I did Let's talk about that because um, K7, good friend of mine, um, that's what we were playing on Hot 97 when we right. first switched Hot 97 off over to hip hop. It was a gradual movement over. So we used to play a lot of K7 records. Um, when we used to play, my man had the record called Funk That. We yeah. That I remember, I, I, a lot of those. That, songs get, like that. What was his name? Gadad or get, what was his name? Sadat. Yeah. Sadat. Yeah. We used to play a, a I remember. I was out there during that time. How did you hook up with K7? I met TKA in Chicago. So okay. right when the Fast Eddie movement, the hip hop movement, freestyle was real big in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I was gravitating to. Uh -huh. And I met them at the Riviera, a, a club, uh, like a theater that they used to have concerts. Yeah. And we just hit it off. They were like, damn, you look like one of us. And you look like you could be, we just became friends. Right. And I went to New York in 87 
and uh, I became a roadie. And they didn't really know how I DJ. They heard me spin, but they never heard me scratch. So I would hang out with them and travel with them. And then one day we were doing uh, an in-store in Chicago and Bad Boy Bill, one of my DJ friends was there. And we started battling and the guys were like, God damn. And then they were like, yo, you should be our DJ. So <laughs> when they made that song, Maria, that shit, yeah. I actually went in the studio and cut on there. That was the first song that I did actual scratches for them. That's dope. And then we did like a greatest hits album because they were breaking up. And right. K-, K from TK was like, yo, I'm going solo. I want you to be my DJ. You know, we were friends. And I said, hell yeah, because I knew the workhorse he was and I right. knew his talent. I, I really was a fan. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll DJ for you. So I was his first pick. And then we got the guys, the rest of the swing kids. And the rest was history. You know, it was my yeah. first you know, yeah. world tour where people knew my name and shit. It was good. It was it was a great experience. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. I know you was with K7. K7 is my man, yo. Yeah, I met you at uh when we did the Hot 97, Al's Barbecue, whatever, at, at uh, Oh, Universal in Florida. Studios. Al Barry's Boogie yeah. Town. Bar- yeah. Orlando, yeah. we did Universal Studios. In Orlando, Universal I got a picture of you by the shark. That's crazy. had the big shark hanging and I took a picture of you and shit. Biggie was on that show, wasn't he? Wasn't Who? Biggie down there? Was Biggie down there? Nah, with uh, Flav was, Shaq was there, Flav. I think uh, P-Rock P- and CL Smooth okay. performed there. Uh, yeah. I don't remember everybody, but I remember P-Rock and CL Smooth because I got a picture. And yeah. I got a picture with Flav too. And Shaq was there. He was, he was you know, fresh in Orlando at that time. Yeah, he was like probably second year or something. Second or third year, yeah. It was, yeah, it was that's real, crazy, bro. That's current. That's the crazy. Back to the Future ride was the ride. At that yes, time. it was. <laughs> it's crazy how the things come full circle. So, so after TKA, what was your journey like before DMX? Okay, so K7, you know, we blew up. We had top 10 record all over oh, the world. Yeah. Traveled all over the world. Around 97, you know, started to slow down a little. We were working on a second album. Then there were some issues with management, and it kind of just broke off. And I, I missed the birth of both my, my first two kids. Oh, wow. My, my son, I was just getting home when he was born. And my daughter, we were doing uh, BET video LP with Sherry Carter. Right. So my daughter was born and I went like this at the end of, you know, when the credits were rolling and blinked my eyes so she could see it when she got older. Right. But I, you know, that took a toll on me because we had so many shows. You know, if, you, if you're in New York, you got shows in Boston, you're driving. You right. got shows in Connecticut, you're driving. There was a lot of shows. We had like five, six shows a week. And yeah. a lot of them were in New York. So I had to stay out there for weeks at a time. Yeah. So it just took a toll on me personally. I missed Chicago and I just started coming home. So around 97, I was just playing ball, doing underground parties, hip hop parties, which is, right. you know, I loved hip hop. Now, remember when I was in K7, that's when Biggie dropped. That's when Black Moon was hot. Wu-Tang oh came out. Yeah. We got our gold records for Come Baby Come the same day Wu-Tang got Method Man uh, for the single Method Man, uh, M-E-T-H-O-D. They got their plaques with us and Naughty by Nature got their plaques all at Hot Night at, Palladi- at the Palladium. Yeah. And FWV got some platinum plaques that day, but all of us got our plaques that day. Wow. So that's the history that, you know, Wu-Tang was brand new. Yeah. I used to get my hair cut in the Bronx. And some dude named Javi cut my hair. And I used to write my name. You know, he had to sign in and shit. Yeah. Across the street was a record store, and I would go there with a crate and just buy everything. Wow. Illmatic, Illmatic was out at the time, so I'd buy all doubles and shit. Come back to Chicago with all the hits. Right. And just fucking brush up on my skills, you know? I was yeah. more of a battle DJ for K7, like doing tricks and shit. Yeah. Then Scribble came on with us. You know what's crazy? What? Hot 97 called me when Scribble went on the road with Rocksteady to come in and do your show on a Friday. And I was so tired of going to New York and I wasn't a, <laughs> I wasn't 100% um, ready for radio. Like I, I hadn't practiced my skill because I was cutting a lot and doing tricks. Right. And I didn't know how I was going to sound on radio. So I said yes. And then I never picked up the phone again. 
Oh, but wow. it was supposed to be for you and and and, and Dr. Dre's show in the morning. Wow! Just to come in as a celebrity guest. Yeah. But I wasn't who I am, or, or I wasn't polished enough to do radio. When, I had dirty when, versions when, of everything. When did you make that turn into like, okay, now let me get myself together and get ready so I can do this radio stuff? Radio was my dream as a kid, right? This my ceiling was hot, hot mix five. I want to be on a Chicago station. I want to be. What those guys are to me, I want to be to somebody else. Right. I want to be in my neighborhood. I want to play music my way and see if I could get everybody to feel the way I feel about them, to feel that passion about me. It took a lot longer because I was touring, but eventually I got on radio. I've been on radio for 19 years now. Wow. So I went from B96 or from KISS to B96 to WGCI for almost 10 years. And then I went to I left them and went to 104. You was at GCI for almost 10 years? Not eight and a half years, roughly. Wow. From 08 to 28, whenever we started. 2018, was it? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. so that's yes. pretty much. Yeah. So how did, how did you get connected to X? Okay, so DMX was doing a show out here in Chicago at Joe's, and uh, I was one of the DJs. We had a mutual friend, Kato, that song, Hey, yo, Kato. Yeah. Kato was, you know, big-time gangbanger. Right. You know, and what, street guy. But he was cool with me. And we used to promote all his music because he was a local guy and he had artists and, you know, he, he was paying everybody to play his shit. And me and my partner, Boogie, were like, no, nah, well, you're from Chicago. We're going to support that shit. Right. So he's like, I said, whenever you could pay us by hiring us to do your gigs, you know what I'm saying? Or if you get a label right. deal, let me be an a and I want to pick some talent, something. Right. That's how you could pay me back. Right. So he was like, I got DMX coming to do three songs and I need, he needs a DJ. So he asked us to DJ, me and my boy. But when, when X walked in, he walked in with like 50 Kings. So my boy was like, I ain't going back there. I said, we got to find out what X wants to perform. He's like, man, I'm good. So I went back there and talked to X and X was like, yo, I want to do this, this and this. I said, cool. So I went back, got the records ready. And then in the last minute, he was like, yo, it was Tashira, I guess her birthday at the time. He's like, yo, it's my wife's birthday. I want to do, how's it going down? So I played that for him. And I used to do open mic nights and shit from 96 through 2000s, you know, we, you know, we, we, it was the, it was the movement of hip hop in Chicago. It was a big movement. So I just did what I did for open mic night, dropped the beat out. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the next day somebody called me on Kato's phone and I thought it was Kato. So I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, and I didn't even understand what he was saying. I just heard this. Yo, I never worked with you before, but I felt a vibe. Yeah, I got, I want to talk to you, dog. I'm like, who's this? He's like, it's x Man's <laughs> DMX. I said, oh shit, what's up X? He's like, yo, I want to talk to you. I'm going to put Kato on the phone. He's going to tell you where we at. And I want you to meet me. It's important. I said, okay. And I met him at a hobby shop. Obviously, he was buying cars and shit, little right. cars. And Kato saw me walking in. And Kato's like, yo, he's going to offer you a job. I said, word. So I walked in and I talked to him. And X straight up, right to the, this, you know, this is the thing that stays in my head. He said, yo, dog. He said, I never worked with you in my life. But I felt energy, man. And I want you to be my DJ. He's like, I need a DJ. And what you did. Last night, he's like, I felt that, like every timing, everything was great. And I want to offer you a job. And I'm like, well, you know, what's, what's, you know, what's it called? You know, what are you going to pay me? All that. And he's like, I got 20 shows overseas. He said, you got a passport? I said, it's about to expire because I got it in 93. And this right. is 2003. I said, it's about to expire. He said, all right, I'm going to put you on the phone with my manager. He's going to pay for your passport, get your passport. And I'm giving you 1500 a show. He had 20 shows. And I was right. doing elevator construction and DJing. So I made like 1200 a week doing elevators. Right. I added that shit up quick in my head. I said, them 20 shows, that's from now to the end of the year what I'm going to make. So I'm going to go. Right. So I, I thought it was going to be just that tour. And my first couple of shows before that tour were local. And then I realized that I had to be more than just pushing buttons. I had to rap because he was losing his voice. He was spinning. I'm standing there like an idiot, just right. not even moving. 
and pushing buttons on the replay and he's exhausted. Right. Spit, you know, X was all energy. Yeah, so all I said, yo. So we got to Paris and I had a couple of days off and I started writing his lyrics with my, I had my iPod on. And right. I started writing his shit, and I'm like, God damn, I'm highlighting shit. I'm in the mirror, two packs, run off, bust off. I'm doing all right. this acting shit. First show we did, cameraman was on X. They heard my voice, and they were like, and zoomed in. And then after the show, X was like, yo, what the fuck was that? I said, I practiced because I realized what you were missing, and I didn't want to be just some lame back there and not right. helping you. He said, yo, you're my DJ for life. And we just became closer and closer as we, you know, as we built, you know what I'm saying? But right. And he helped, K7 helped me find my voice because they were the ones that had me throw your hands in the air, doing yeah. all the hype shit. So I kind of, I was used to my voice. So I wasn't intimidated, but I didn't realize how well I was going to blend with X when I did his background. And right. that shit was, it, it was a blessing. And X, if I look back, I always tell people X was a prophet, right? Because he spoke to the people that church can't talk to, right? He was a hood dude with a lot of issues, but he never left God, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. I've been with him. 17 and a half years, he prayed every, we could have got to the hotel at 5 a.m. with girls ready to do, you know, smoke a joint. And he, when, when it's time to eat, he's praying with everybody. And he made right. everybody get involved. You know what I'm saying? So he knew what he was talking about. And he felt an energy with me and it worked because we did it for 17 and a half. 17 and a half years on tour yeah. with DMX. Is it true that you don't wake DMX up when he's sleep? Uh, yeah, you don't. <laughs> you leave the dog alone, huh? He gets mad. Why? Well, I, I used once I got you know once, okay. Once we went through a few teams, and I realized that my val well X made it my he made me valuable. He said, "I don't give a fuck what anybody else says because everybody would somebody new would always come in and they'd be mad about how much money I'm making. Like right. they're, they're like we could get you a DJ for five hundred dollars instead of fit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And X is like, but he can't do what nonstop does. You know, right. we just had a synergy that, that you couldn't fuck with. And I respected and appreciated that coming from him. But we did. We worked closely. And, and I always and our timing was impeccable. Right. So but there would always be somebody that came in and would try to divide us. Be like, you know, you make it. X is mad that he's paying you so much. And then telling X nonstop feels like he ain't making enough. Oh, and just wow. trying to divide us. Right. And one day because I used to leave X alone. I would hang out with him, but I wouldn't hang with him every day because I don't want to be a nuisance. I'm right. like, when you need me, I'm doing sound check. When I'm it's time for the show, I'm always on time. That's, right. I'm trying to be professional. And I didn't realize he needed a friend too. And then it started becoming that shit where he's like, you need to hang out with me more. You know, we're the ones, you and I are the ones making money for everybody else. So they can't say shit. He said, right. without you, I'm not here. I'm not going to do the show without you. So they ain't going to make shit. So you have a problem with me, you talk to me. And I told him the same thing. So we right. never had an issue about money because once we found out it was other people trying to fuck with us. Right. We started, you know, we started and talking. They, wanted, about they want to be more important to X than you are. Right. Right. They, you know, right. they're telling people he's my brother from another, you know, we got the same father. Everybody's trying to, it's the same. Listen, the last few months, man, I've had to tune out half the motherfuckers on social media. And I'm talking about people, you know, right. I get tired of hearing X was my boy. We talked every day. They didn't talk nothing. Motherfuckers showed up to our shows. When we did TV, something big, you would see somebody special show up to perform right. with us. They didn't come to Connecticut, to Toads. They didn't go to fucking a regular show that we was killing. They only popped up when it was BET Awards or, you know, it was something big where people could get right. that shine. So I don't want to hear that shit. I talked to X not every day. I talked to him once in a great while, but he would pick up the phone and call me and be like, yo, what's this song, this disco song? Remember this? And he was singing it. Yeah, like, he loved disco shit, him. right? Yeah. And yeah. I'll send him the joint or I'll tell him what it is. Oh, my, my nigga, I. I never, right. he, he had ADHD, 3D, 4K. You can't talk to him on the phone. 
He's right. talking to you, me, somebody else, somebody down the street. <laughs> so I didn't call him a lot, but I always would send them messages and be like, yo, I hope you're good. You know what I'm saying? I'm here if you need me. And just living my life until it's time for us to get together and do our shit. Right. But a lot of people that played that, my best friend shit, I got fed up with that. I'm at his funeral and there's people there that robbed him, that, that got fired because they took money in his name. And they're, wow. you know, they're standing there looking at him in a casket. And I'm like, I wanted to fuck. I had, I didn't go to the casket. I walked out, but I saw him from afar. He was grinning and I knew he was with God. Right. But when I saw these guys, as I'm walking away, dog, I, it took everything in me not to make it about me and just start firing off. Cause right. I'm like, what are you doing here? You done stole money from him, lied on his name, snitched to the fucking IRS on him. They got, they had signatures of certain people that work with us before that they were witnesses to X not paying his taxes. Like that's wow. the type of grimy shit these guys were on, but he's their and brother. They, and then all of a sudden they're his brother. Yeah. And I told X a long time ago, I said, dog, I love, he, he hated me on, on occasions because uh -huh. I'm eight months older than him. Right. And I wouldn't, I don't tolerate the bullshit, like the drug shit or the dumb clowns around. And I would always speak my mind. And I told X one, he's like, I love you, but sometimes I hate you but I love you because I know it comes from your heart. Cause right. sometimes he didn't want to hear that shit. But I told him I could never in my life walk in, God forbid something should happen to you. I won't be able to go to your funeral if I'm a yes man. How the fuck right. am I gonna do that? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I put my, I stake my, my heart on. Like I'm your brother, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be like, it's okay to do a little bit of drugs. It's right. not okay. I don't right. want you to do none of that shit. I want you to be back on top. I want, you know, he's such a phenomenal, he was such a phenomenal performer. Like we would do shows and it would be like instantly he'd have like five, six more bookings because the shit was so crazy. Yeah. All that energy he put out, you know, but he was suffering in the background. Right. So him dying was like painful, but yet I know he's at peace now. And I knew he was with God. Right. I knew that. Because he loved God, man. And, and, I, and, and you know, I always say, and I said it on the beginning of this podcast, the part that I just uh, recorded the audio. I said X is one of the few artists to ever come through and first album is a major impact on hip hop. Like fucking major. Change the game. Change the game. Game changer. Absolute game changer. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people always, you know, barbershop talk, you get to sit down in the barbershop with the guys and the one of the questions that always come up inside them ask me who my top five is, but it always comes up if Biggie and Tupac had lived, which artists wouldn't be as big as they are right now? Because Pac and Big, and every time they say X, I say X was different. He what? would have been as big as he is right now because X was, okay. X was fucking different. Whereas Tupac was more of a revolutionary for African-Americans and then still with that balance between him still Want to be street and mess with chicks. And he, he was, was like, he was like, he was like public enemy and NWA. He had a both. Right, exactly. Both. exactly. Like fight the power and then right. like fucking. And you know, X was yeah. gospel and street street grime. And X gave yep. us grime when we were shiny. When yep. we when everybody went shiny, when Puffy and them went shiny suits and had the locks wearing them ridiculous yep. looking ass shiny suits. Everybody was going suits buttoned up. All of that, you know, Jay was even with the Chris style and all that and the Versace. And we love that shit now when we, we love back, it. But when it happened, we weren't happy about that. Right. We loved we it. Like, what the X, fuck? X gave us the streets, bro. He brought him back and he, he brought just, it back. I, 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 you know, my younger brother passed away uh, in 2019. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. And him and X shared the same birthday, different years, obviously, but same birthday. And before I met X, my younger brother would be like, yo, 
You got to listen to DMX. I know you like underground hip hop, so do I, but you got to listen to his lyrics. He's different. And, you know, X was so big when he just out the gate was like, damn. So yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That same day in Paris, when I wrote them lyrics, I called my younger brother. I said, yo, you were right. He's phenomenal. Yes. You write that shit down and he's having, like, Ready to Meet Him is one of my favorite all-time songs. Right. You know, he's talking to God. Lord, you left me stranded and I yeah. don't know why. You told me to live my life. Now I'm ready to die. He's talking to God. Yeah. He's so gangster. Yeah. Like, he's so, he sounds like every street kid. Like, they believe in God when they're hurting. And then when they're doing good and what they want to do, they just leave God behind. And right. Lord says, I've always been here. It is you who went away and now are back again. That's that right. shit blows my mind. Yeah. He had to write that. You know what I'm saying? That's not normal. And he wrote it from not the heart. Not for a rapper. He, he, he wrote that shit from the heart. My favorite exactly. DMX song is Fucking With D. I don't know why that song is resonates. What? Fucking With D, yeah. Yeah, that, I don't give a fuck about oh, that. Oh, God, y'all ain't killing that. That shit, oh, yeah. niggas hear that dog bark, they better run. Police hear that dog bark, oh. they better come. That shit just resonates with me so hard. Like, he just, he just came so tough, so... The Imagination is a perfect hip hop album to me. There's nothing on that album that I skip. On Dark and Hell is Hot, yeah, there's no skippable it. records on that album. It's just, it's just incredible, man, from start to finish, man. And I just love X so much. And, you know, great memories of X coming to the radio station the first time on Hot 97. It got fucking three dogs running around off the chain. <laughs> he got Boomer with him. And he tells us that's Boomer. He take his shirt off. He got Boomer tattooed to his back. And I was this like, guy. this dude is like, like, Nobody else ever, man. And I told him the first time uh, he was at Def Jam, Mike Kaiser played Get At Me Dog for me. The first time I heard it, I did not like the song. I thought it was. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't it like seemed it. too simple to me at that time. Yeah, if, I just didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. And plus, you know, I come from an era where you didn't bite. And EPMD right. had used that same beat for Get Off the Boat. Right. And I was like, well, you know, Snoop is out. How you going to be a dog? We got a dog. Like, right. I don't know where my mind was. I know I'm an asshole because I was like, damn, I'd have slept on X and probably not signed him like an idiot. But that's right? what we do, right? We judge right. everything, like, according to what we know. Right. Every once in a while, we miss one. Yeah. And he's and I, one I of those. And a lot of people miss him. That, and he's like, come on, dog. What with me? I was like, nah, X, I ain't going to lie, bro. You fucking with D? I was up at Yonkers <laughs> and with, with the uh, Hot 97 basketball team. And they played this shit, and them fucking kids lost their mind. And I started listening. I was like, "Yo, this motherfucker, this shit got right is kind of tough, right here." Let me yeah. let me reevaluate my shit. Y'all been all over the world, man. Tell me your favorite DMX story. My favorite DMX story, I'm gonna say is it's hard to say favorite. I think my favorite performance ever with him was on the uh, uh, 25th anniversary of Def Jam uh, VH1 Hip Hop Honors. Right. Because I got to be a hype man. So I lived my hip hop dream where I was actually standing there rapping instead right. of behind the decks. So that was like my favorite show. Plus, you know, Def Jam, that's where I, you know, I used to double up LL and fucking, you know, that was my, that was my label yeah. when I was younger, you know? So to be there was, uh, it was unreal. Right. But I think, the, I think the things that stand out the most and the things I talk about the most now, because, you know, every time you tell somebody DMX, they, they go music and then they go problems. Right. They don't realize the in-betweens, man. When we're driving down the street in Miami and he sees homeless people and he jumps out and he, you know, prays with them and then gives them money. Or right. some lady, he said, you need something? You need any money? And she was like, I'll take those boots. And we went back to the hotel and then he sent the boots back. Wow. Those are the types of things. And that happened everywhere in the world. He sat with everybody. He would go to the hoods of any country. Where he's like, where the hood at? 
and he would go sit with people and play dice and just be a regular dude. And we sat at the greens the second day he was here after he get offered me the job. Now I got to hang out with him. We right. were at Cabrini Green. He walked out as soon as he walked. First of all, I'm, I'm from Chicago. And right. I was looking at Cabrini like, I got to watch my back. Right. He walked up and these guys were like, you know, they guarding their, there was one building left. They're guarding their shit. Dude, is that DMX? They came over there, man. He sat there. He played dice. He ordered food. And we just sat out there for hours. And it was hood cats. They were just like, yo, this is DMX. And they had their little soldiers on deck as security. But he just, he was just so real, man. And I know it's it, it sounds so cliche. And so, you know, everybody says that he was real. But X was real, man. Like, he truly lived. He was a man that was, he was not perfect, obviously. He had his issues. He had his, his vices. But he never made, let that stop him from being that guy. I mean, right. he would give a guy on the street $500 and wouldn't pay his taxes. Let's, I mean, you know what All I'm right. saying? So you'd be like, oh, he didn't pay his taxes. Yeah, but he still gave away money to people that needed it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just, it's hard to explain who he was. But in, in reflecting on who, what kind of man he was, I truly believe that God put him here for 50 years to be exactly what he was. He brought me back to God. I grew up in a Catholic school right. and then I just stopped believing in that shit. And, you know, and I would pray when I was hurting and then when I was good, I would forget about God. But that's actually, you know, pray, that's where you're supposed to pray the most. Right. When you're good. Right. But that's see, I was caught up in my shit. Yeah. X put me back on like that because he was somebody different. It wasn't a preacher or a, a priest. He was a regular dude, a rapper telling me that. And if he could do it, I could do it. And it just, and I was always praying just because I was doing shows with him. So right. we pray before meals, we pray before we get on stage and he pray at the end of the show. You know, that's all we did. So it, it brought me closer to God too. Right. And I knew he was going to be good, but I think just the personal side of X, the, the giving side, because he's been taken advantage of forever. But the thing about X is he's not stupid. He was never stupid. I used to get mad because I thought he had selective memory. Be like, why are you giving dude another chance? Or why are you giving this guy money when you know he robbed you? And he's like, I know what I'm dealing with. He can't fool me no more, but I got it. So I give it what I'm giving it for is not the reason he wants it. It's because I'm giving it because I have it and I want to give it. And I said, damn, OK, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to say? It's his money. Right. He's it's like when you when you give a guy on the streets asking for money, and you give him money, he goes and buys liquor. That wasn't your intention. No, you just were trying to hook him up. I did right. You gave him money because you had it and he needed it. That's right. What he does with it is not your fault. That's right. So that's kind of how it that's was. That's between you know? me and God that I actually reached back and exactly. helped somebody. Now, what they do with it, that's on that's them. Their, that's their spare across the bear. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. That's right. That's right. That, 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 that's, not, that's not on me like that, you know? Right. Well, he had he had uh, one more album. He did the, the last album, Exodus. Did you listen to it and tell me what you think of it? Um, I have a hard time listening to it because... Um, you know, for obvious reasons, man, I'm still hurting, man. I'm heartbroken. You're right. Um, the selfish side of me wishes, you know, I played uh, um, What These Bitches Want recently in my mix and I immediately started to cry because I'm playing it because I'm, you know, I'm playing my dog. But now right. I'm thinking I'll never stand on a stage with him again and do his backgrounds. And right. I just started crying. It's it's tough for me. Yeah. Um, I love the Griselda joint. I love the Little Wayne joint. Yeah, um, I feel like there's a couple of songs that didn't make the album that were really good. Uh-huh. The album kind of, full disclosure, man, I feel like everybody got involved and it wasn't what he wanted, so I stay out of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I promoted it like I did, but if X was alive, it would have been completely different. Completely so different. I kind of just... I know he probably kept that Griselda joint. Oh, for sure. He loved it. Sure. 
He was he bragged to me about that shit. Like you gotta hear this stuff. <laughs> and then when I, and on the phone he's playing shit for me, and I'm like, oh, oh. But there's there's some songs that didn't make it, and I don't know if they're planning on releasing them later as a bonus. But I mean, it seems kind of late now. But um, I think had he been alive, we it probably wouldn't have came out on time. But he probably would have had a couple of joints in there that we really because he asked my opinion a lot, and I didn't right. get to be at, at there at the time because of COVID and shit. But I think at a certain point, because we were supposed to start touring or doing shows uh, Memorial Day weekend, I would have been with him and I would have gave him my honest opinion about shit. Right. So, but it's X, man, just to hear his voice again. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. It it feels good just to hear his his voice again. You know, that he left that kind of an imprint on us. And it's still, you know, some of the newer music that he made. He hadn't made an album in a long time. So it, it kind of felt good. The last time I saw him was One Music Fest here in Atlanta. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I saw you, yeah. I saw yeah, you. that's the last time I saw you. Evo was there, too. Huh? Tiny Lister. Remember Tiny Lister was yeah, there? Yeah, Tiny was there. He was like, yo, my man, that love was in the building. I was like, yo, I'm so geeked up. Like, the nigga stopped yeah. in the middle of his show. Like, yo, Ed's here. Like, that's yeah. my man. my dog. I was like, you're you a legend, dog. Shit. I love X, man. X. X had such a report. He was so fucking. You know what? A lot of people don't realize how fucking funny X he was. He was a funny motherfucker. It's yo, hilarious. when I used to make him laugh. When I could make Eck laugh, he was like, oh, he was like falling back. I'd be so right. proud because he's so funny. So it was almost like making a comedian laugh. Yeah, you know, like, okay, funny as hell, I got some man. Chops. He was telling me the story of how it was going down. He was telling me he did the song and Def Jam wanted to put Cisco on the song. He wasn't sure. He's like, you know how X is. I don't know. The nigga, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to fuck with a nigga like that. I don't know if I want this nigga on the record. And these niggas are hurting. And they, it was some bitches on it, but then I didn't want to put the nigga in the video. And then the nigga was in the video. <laughs> yo, X was, yo, X had me fucking crying. And yeah, I remember sitting there across from him, and he had just got fucked over behind driving. His license was completely suspended. We're in New York. For, for life. Forever. And I asked him, on the air, how'd you get here today, man? Would they send a car for you? So, I drove. I'm like, yo. I'm like, you're not supposed to drive. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm driving my cars. So they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to have to chase me first. But I drove. I'm like, this yeah. I got, I got stranded a few times because he got popped for driving. I'm so in yeah. Amsterdam all by myself. Oh, yeah. I'm in another country. They're like, yo, get the fuck out the hotel. The promoter's coming. He wants his, he wants to, um, the, he knows X ain't coming. And he wants the, the deposit back. I'm like, half dressed, running out the hotel, going to another hotel close to the airport. It was some crazy shit, but man, you know what, man? X gave me my second chance to go on the road, right? Because right. I did the K7 shit, then it faded and I missed it. And then X popped up. And then I got to do it on a level where I was really, really, really feeling like a hip-hop head. You know, I'm one of the greatest voices right. in the fucking in the history of hip-hop. And I was able to help him. I was able to make his shows in his mind and maybe to the fans too. I, I, I put the Sazon on that shit. Yeah. He added, I just added a little flavor to it and, and, and kept them in sync and kept them on point. And we had some great shows and I, and I feel blessed for that shit. But when I sit back and think about who DMX was before I met him and then meeting him, you know, from, I, I remember when Cradle to the Grave came out, I went to the movie theater up here right. and there was a line out the fucking door. Right, for when, when Belly came out. Right, Belly too. I went to see Belly in the theater and, and that's another thing. When I saw Belly, I'm like, yo, I, I really was like, yo, this motherfucker can act like he had me. Oh, yeah, he's dope actor. Yeah, he had me all in that shit, him and Nas. And then he was with Nas, and you know Nas already had to rep. 
Right. So I was like, fuck, man. It was a great, you know, was a, he's, a, he's a phenomenal entertainer, phenomenal human being. He came with a lot of baggage. You know, I think some of God's greatest soldiers are not given, you know, they're not going to be rich guys with no problems. Right. You know, he gave them the gift and the curse. He had yeah. a gift that nobody else had. And then he got cursed at the same time. It's almost like all our geniuses, like Michael Jackson, yes. Prince. Everybody has a vice right. that keeps them down because they can't be too good. That's you right. know what I'm saying? They're great, but they, they have to have something that slows them down or, or yeah. trips them up. The other thing in, in, the, in, the, in the back. Wasn't he supposed to be, weren't they supposed to do a super group, him, Ja Rule, and, and Jay-Z? Yeah. Murder, Inc., yeah. Yeah, did he ever talk I wasn't around him? at that time, but they were supposed to do that, yeah. Did he ever Earth God, he was on? putting that together. Yeah, did he ever speak on why it never happened? I don't remember. No, I don't think he ever, somebody brought that up. I think they were talking about that one time because it came out, you know, when social media popped. Right. That shit kept popping up. I don't remember what he said. I don't know. I don't remember anything, actually. I don't know. I just know it was supposed to be a super group. Yeah. I don't know if Jay just went and did his thing and then X, you know, blew up. I don't know. I don't know like the the breakdown. Of X was it. man, X was the X is still the only hip hop artist to this day to have two number one albums in the same year. Same year? Nobody else has ever done that. And I, I don't give a fuck what nobody else say. That's an achievement. Oh my that, god, it yeah, is. You know, you it, it, it cannot be matched, man. Did but you see that shit like, Jay said about him? Uh-huh. On the LeBron James uh barbershop on the shop. No, I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Jay, Jay said, uh, so they, because they asked him about X's right after he passed. And Jay said, you know, so I'm, I'm on the tour. I'm on tour with X. He goes on before me. So he's like, you know, he's like, all the lights go out. And, and it's like, doom, doom. And he starts, and he said, and the whole crowd goes bananas. And I'm like, oh, shit. Then he comes out on stage. And he's one, two, one, two, one. You know, he's doing the rap. And I got all the, all the guys like, he's like, oh, shit. Then he goes in the middle of the show. He takes his shirt off. And now all the girls are like, ah. And, I, and Jay was like, oh, shit. <laughs> then he said, then at the end, he does a prayer. And the whole stadium's crying. And now they're like, Jay, your turn. And he's right. like, I'm coming out there with hard knock life after this shit. You know what I'm <laughs> he said he didn't know what to do. Like X was so he had all that shit covered. He was. It was, like, real, it was Rough Riders Rockefeller tour, man. It was him, factual. It was, this before you it was him and Swiss. Yeah. I have never seen a dude with no hype, man. Go crazy. Control a crowd the way X could control a crowd. To take it from here, where it's so street thug homeboy shit. To take it to where the women are losing their mind, and yeah. to take it like Jay said, where we're all like, "Oh my God, yeah. I need to go back." I to seen her. the biggest, I seen the scariest, biggest gangsters in the world cry when he prayed. I seen huh. it. I seen dudes that were out there, like you know, they just rapping, they cool, and as soon as the prayer comes, they just standing there looking up, and they got tears. And I knew he was, and he always said it: if I touch just one person, then I'm doing my job. You right. know what I'm saying? For God, he felt like he was a vessel. You know what I mean? And he touched so many through that prayer. He was, he was phenomenal. I used to tell people X is the only artist that I feel like there could be a priest in the audience and he'll be standing there with the Bible and his collar on. And by the end of the first song, the collar's gone, the Bible's <laughs> in half. And he's just, cause he just pulls the energy right out of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how favorite? he is. That's the only way to explain it. What was your favorite song to do? My favorite song? I got too many, but, uh, I, I convinced him to perform um, one of my favorite beats, man. Um, no friend of mine. Okay. 
But Stop Being Greedy is probably my all-time favorite. Okay. And he would he wouldn't perform that for a long time. Why? And I'm trying to get him to do this because I practice that shit so good. I'm doing all the uh, and the, right. all the background shit. I'm doing it. Like I could I could blend with him. I know it because I'm doing it on song. And he wouldn't do it for shit. And one day at sound check, I fucking threw it on and we did the whole song. And then he goes, put that in the show. Wow. I played the Jedi mind trick on him. So I was <laughs> able to perform Stop Being Greedy, you know, a lot. Yeah, because I love Stop Being that Greedy. Song. I love no friend of mine because I just like the not another Pete Killer joint. Dun, 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 dun. You better stop now before I come right. You know what I'm saying? That shit yeah. is like it just you know picks me up. But um, I love typical shit like what these bitches want. I love right. performing party up because I used to do the fat man scoop type intro. Get your right. hands up! Get your get your hands up! Get your hands up! Woo! Y'all go! Right. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like I was able to be involved in that shit, and we used to do the. You know, uh, we ain't playing with y'all. Ain't nothing y'all can do. Tell them yeah. again, my nigga. I'm like, we ain't playing with y'all. So we, you know, we had a lot of, uh, right. you know, we would Back do that shit. That's one of my favorites. Um, Ready to meet them. All we, we, I always played. Um, I miss you at the end of the show. And at once in a while, like if the crowd was still leaving and he was in the dressing room, if it was like a stadium, then I would, when that would finish, I would play. Uh, Ready to meet him is one of my favorite songs, just because of uh, his conversation with God and the music. I right. think that's one of my favorite, like, when I'm hurting, that's my song to listen to. I'm ready to meet them, because while I'm living, they ain't right. Black ain't right. white. I ain't black. It's right back to the same. That shit, that's for something about that song just pulls at my heart, you know? It, it's, it makes me, if I'm down, that shit makes me want to, like, do something, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, man. but there's a lot of shit, man. I like shit from uh, the seven, sixth album, seventh album. He's got so many songs. Let Life Be My Song is just some random shit. Right. But if I'm wrong, all right, till I'm dead and gone, it's yeah. all what they really want. Just certain songs because of the moment he made them and what we were going through with, you know, while we were traveling or when he was locked up. Right. It hit different, you know? Yeah. But I like I have a lot. Of, I got like 80-something songs on the fucking, because I still got an old whip. I got a, uh, a CD with like 80 DMX songs and I just play them. You know what I'm saying? Right. I did a couple remixes after he did the Snoop's verses. I took his verse from uh, his ver his verse from uh, um, um, what's that song from the movie? Uh, damn, I was took a verse. Was it Romeo Must Die? Wasn't the one? No, it was the movie with Usher. Light it up. Okay. Ding, da ding, da ding, yeah. da ding, da ding. Can't stop. Gotta keep resting all my feet. Spread that shit. I had did an old mix where Pete Rock and CL Smooth appreciate it. It called Cats Don't Know. Yo, these cats don't, uh, uh, these cats don't know. So I did one with Appreciate, and I call it Cats Don't Appreciate. And it had right. the, the Michael Jackson sample, and that was cool. But I took the Snoop beat, do 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 and I put his verse on that shit. Wow. Because I wanted to show him. So when we started sh doing shows again, I because he always like, what do you got? Because I would come with some uh -huh. shit. It was hip-hop, and it, I, I figured... He could say, yo, how many of y'all saw me and Snoop on verses? And then he'd right. scream, this is for Snoop. And then spit that verse over the Snoop beat. Right. And then I took, this is how we do, this is how we do, a fucking game beat. Yeah. And I put his verse from, uh, all I do is import to export. That from um, We Be Clubbing Part 2, because yeah. that shit flopped. Yeah. But when you hear his verse on that beat, it sounds phenomenal. Oh, wow. Those were going to be my two contributions to hip-hop show where he could spit verses he's never spit on beats that people would be like, oh shit. Wow. So that's what I was doing. I made those shits and I never got a chance to show him. Because well, I know he would have performed. Yeah, man, I'm quite sure his, his, his hardcore fans like me would, 
Really appreciate it. 17 and a half years with DFX, brother. I appreciate you helping me give X his flowers nonstop. Yes. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, brother. Much respect, man. And don't forget, nonstop is always on 104.3 Jam, so y'all can check my man out, bro. What do you what do you think X wanted people, and I'm going to leave it with this, to know, to remember him for? I think it's all related to God. That That no matter his struggle, no matter what you heard on the news or what kind of problems or the drugs or whatever, he was a man of God. He was true to that. He gave his tithes. He did that all the time. Even the, much to my chagrin, I'd be like, that's a lot of money. He, get, he was a man of God. Never. He was a Never true man of God. And I want to leave you with this, Ed, because this is what made me cry the morning that I found out he had the um, heart attack. Okay. So my brother passed away. I told you. Um, I walked around this lake around here in the suburbs when my brother passed because he used to, you know, like nature. So I decided everybody was texting me and paging me or um, um, DMing me. They wanted to know what happened to X and I didn't want to talk. Right. So I said, I'm going to go to this lake. I'm going to sit down. And I took a picture, this picture right here. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. OK. So I put those prayer hands and I let the people know I'm praying. You pray. Stop texting me. Stop sending me messages. I'm hurting. But I wasn't crying yet. And I was mad at myself because I was like, man, I like I was worried about my future first. And I started feeling selfish. So I turned around to take a picture of the sun because I'm like, that's positive energy. And as soon as I saw the picture after I took it, I started crying. I said, really? And I started crying. This was the picture I took. Wow. And that was right. Can you see it? Yeah. There's an X behind that sun. Yeah, so there's an X behind that sun. And it's right in the center. Yeah. You can't drive perfect enough to get that center. And that I said, really? Because I knew he was talking to me or it was God telling me he's coming home and right. I just lost it. And this was the morning after. He didn't wow. die till Friday. Wow. And my birthday was that Monday. Wow. So I was messed up the whole weekend, but that ex gave me a little bit of comfort and I knew, I knew he was going with God. So yeah. I think the thing he would want most people to remember is that through everything he went through, God was always, God always came first to him. And yeah. that was the most important thing to him. It was time for God to call his soldier home. Yep. Absolutely. X for life, bro. That's right, Thank baby. Oh, look, I got the X from the third album in the background. Yeah. The oh, wow. Line. I got the first line and slipping. I've been through mad different phases like mazes to find my way. And now I know happy days are not far away. I got nonstop on here when I used to go like this. Yeah. It was nonstop and X. That's dope, bro. So I appreciate you nonstop. You too, man. Thank you so much, much brother. Man. Thank you. God bless. God bless. My man nonstop with me is come on Southern Podcast, y'all. Peace out, nonstop. Later, brother. Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.